You're listening to the Vance Pittman Leadership Podcast. This is a conversation all about leadership, vision, and joining in God's activity wherever you are. You can follow along with today's episode using the show notes at hopechurchonline.com slash podcast or on your favorite podcasting app. Thanks again for tuning in today. We hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to episode number 19 of the Vance Pittman Leadership Podcast. My name is Scott Worthington. I have the privilege, as always, to lead alongside Pastor Vance here at Hope Church in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, We are right in the middle of the summer. It is July. We hope your summer is going really, really well, no matter where you find yourself listening to this podcast. um, The goal of what we're doing here is just to uh, come alongside you in your leadership. Wherever God has you leading, we want to uh, equip you and challenge you and hopefully give you some entertainment along the way as we talk about leadership. And of course, I'm here joined by the man of the hour, Vance Pittman. Vance, how you doing? Doing great, Scott. It's a great summer at Hope Church. God continues to be faithful as he always is. Uh, I'm looking forward to getting out of here for vacation. Uh, Can't wait. That's always a great time in the summer. Hope everybody's getting to enjoy a little time, relaxing and enjoying their family some this summer. But uh, things are going great. Awesome. Well, we have a very special episode. Normally, it's just Vance and I sitting in here talking, but you may have seen in the title of this episode, we have a special guest. This podcast episode is called Spiritual Leadership from the Trenches with a guest named Matt Farnham. I don't want to steal his thunder. We have an amazing, awesome, godly leader here in the city of Las Vegas sitting down with us for this podcast named Matt Farnham. Matt, how you doing, man? I'm good, man. I've been excited about this for weeks. So thanks for having me, guys. Good morning. That's awesome. So uh, to jump in, before we get into some questions, Vance is going to just kind of ask you some questions, basically play me in this in this uh, podcast normally. But uh, tell us about yourself, Matt. Who are you? Uh, what do you do? Uh, how do you know us? What's your relationship with Vance and I and, and uh, Hope Church? And um, yeah, tell us about yourself. Awesome. Well, uh, I guess to start off, I've uh, been at Hope a long time, man. Been here for about 16 years, uh, Boy Scout Center days. Uh, met Vance. Vance married my wife and I almost 15 years ago. Uh, so it's been uh, hope, you know, has been my home for, for a long time now. But uh, so after that, you've mentored me for a season uh, in your small group, uh, served on stewardship team a couple times. So it's been it's been a fun ride at Hope. Uh, I have my wife, Leslie. We'll be married 15 years here in October. Uh, we're getting ready to head out to Vancouver to celebrate. Uh, I have a meeting up there uh, right after this, hit on, getting on a plane, but going to celebrate 15 years of marriage up there. I have three young, awesome kids. And uh, as far as my, my walk with the Lord, I grew up in a Christian home, awesome family, you know, introduced me to Jesus at a young age. Uh, it hasn't been a, a perfect walk ever since, but, uh, you know, praise God, I haven't gotten too far and, and it's been awesome. Mm. Matt, as a business leader here in the city, uh, I know you have listened into some of the episodes. What, what's, how, how's the podcast benefited you? Uh, you know, in a lot of ways, uh, I feel like a lot of what you guys share here is very you know, applicable to my family life, leading my family, leading my organization. Uh, for example, the episode, I don't, it was a number of months back, but the schedule episode, mm-hmm. uh, just the way you unpack that, it doesn't matter where you lead. Uh, and it's very relevant, especially if you're trying to lead in a godly way. Uh, so that has been, you know, very valuable. Proverbs 30, the podcast you get on, that's on my board in my office. I have a huge board in my office where I have just things kind of up and visual to remind me of certain things. So uh, wise leaders, plan ahead, think strategically, um, maximize capacity, and what was the last one? Work together, right? Mm-hmm. Or that was the third one. Good. I'm glad so you remember. You weren't asking me to remember. <laughs> it's good stuff. <laughs> For man. real. So, I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> no, I love it. That's really cool. So uh, we skipped a crucial part. What is it that you do in leadership here in the city of Las Vegas? What is it that you lead? 
Yeah, thank you. So uh, I've been a realtor here in Vegas for about 15 years. Uh, I actually met you guys, met Vance before I ever even started that. So um, it's been a fun ride, but over the years, you know, I've built a, a business here in town, but now I actually have uh, my own real estate brokerage. Uh, so I have a partner that I lead a, uh, a real estate, independent real estate brokerage here in Vegas. Uh, so kind of wear two hats. You know, I'm your friendly neighborhood realtor that still loves selling homes and helping families uh, and lead my team. But we also, you know, lead an organization where we're mentoring a team of agents to learn how to do the same thing. That's awesome. So we're I'll, I'll just say, Scott, uh, he, when he says he's your friendly neighborhood realtor, he's infinitely more than that. Matt is honestly one of the best I've ever seen in yeah. the business uh, and how he handles his relationships with his clients, um, with with integrity, the way he works, his work ethic, his hospitality. He's just next level. And it's one of the reasons why I'm really excited about having him on here today because it, he, he models so much of what mm. we talk about uh, in the marketplace that I'm really excited to hear from him. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I remember I called you when I was a 24-year-old kid. We had a brand new baby and I said, Matt, I think I want to buy a home. I literally have no idea what to do. Show me the way, man. And just the way your team walked with me and my wife through that. Um, yeah, you're doing amazing things. And hey, so we, we closed on your home and you were overseas on a mission trip. That's true. That's true. <laughs> amazing. Um, man, so here's what today's going to look like. We're going to take a few of the principles that we have discussed on this podcast over the last couple of years. Um, we've asked Matt and his leadership in real estate here in Vegas just to give him some insight in the trenches, from the trenches. This is a leader. We we always talk about lead, you know people that ask questions from leadership in our city, and we thought it'd be really cool to just sit down with somebody who's doing it right in the city of Las Vegas and just to, for him to give us some insight. Yeah, Scott, a lot of times I think on the podcast, we gravitate towards leadership demonstrated in the church. I, I think sometimes we, we make this distinction about spiritual leadership, but the reality is all leadership for the Christian is spiritual leadership because we're doing it independence on the Holy Spirit, whether it's in the church, in the marketplace, in real estate, whatever it is. Um, but I just thought it'd be great right here in the middle of the summer to bring in somebody who's not so focused on leadership in the church, even though, Matt, you leverage your gifts and abilities in serving here in our church. Um, but you're leading every day in the marketplace, in the community. And so I thought it'd be great to have a conversation and applying some of these principles we've been talking about directly in the marketplace. So, Matt, let's jump in. And I want to just ask you, first of all, we talk a lot at Hope, and we've talked a lot on this podcast about how in places of leadership, whether it's in ministry or in the marketplace, that, that the leadership role is not our primary call. Our primary call as Jesus followers is intimacy. It's to be much alone with Jesus. Can you talk a little bit about how that's played out in your leadership? Of course, yeah. So, you know, to be honest, I think my responsibilities pale in comparison to, to many leaders in town. Uh, however, you know, it, it's overwhelming when you think about all the things that you need to do. And I think it's because in my personal life, I don't want to settle for mediocrity in any area of my life. Uh, you know, whether that's my family, how I lead my organization, my own personal team, my staff, uh, helping families make major decisions, my kids and all these things, it's, it's overwhelming. So, uh, you know, I know I need him every day. So, you know, there's a book that I've read recently. Uh, it's called the, the Miracle Morning. I just brought Scott a copy of that book, but uh, by no means is this a Christian book, but there's some principles in there that really were just unpacked in such a way that impacted me. And what I've developed is just a really powerful morning routine and it's grounded around intimacy. Uh, so what I do is I'm up at 5 a.m. and uh, I just realize I have to start my day this way to you know, set the tone for the rest of the day. But I'm up at five, I usually go out for a walk for 30, 45 minutes, just kind of clear my thoughts, those scattered thoughts, and just kind of slow down a bit. Uh, probably spend 10 or 15, 20 minutes in prayer as I'm walking. 
Uh, and my day literally starts as I get outside, I spread my arms and I say, God, I need you today. Like, you know, there's too much, you know, my best isn't good enough. I need you through me to love my wife, lead my family, you know, my organization and so forth. So, uh, it probably looks funny out there at five fifteen in the morning, but I'm usually the only one out there. So <laughs> I was going to say at five fifteen, there's probably not a lot no, of people looking in. <laughs> just a couple people and their dogs, you know. But uh, and then you know, usually get back home and I'll open up the Word, spend some time reading the Bible. I'll journal, of course, get my coffee, uh, and I actually have a, uh, a daily affirmation I say out loud every morning that's rooted in Scripture that just really sets my commitments and my tone for the day. Uh, so that that's powerful for me. But uh, man, I'm a work in progress. But you know, just doing the best I can every day. Mm, that's fantastic. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Uh, one of the questions we get a lot from listeners, it's come up several times on the podcast, and honestly, I've listened to a l- other podcasts, and it, it's, a, it's a very hot topic, and it's really this the, the pressing idea of balance, the, the thing that we're all in search of in our lives and leadership and family. How do you, as someone who leads a massive team, uh, honestly, you're just straight getting it done in the city, how do you manage to love your family well, serve, be connected to your church, and stay healthy as a leader in the midst of the hustle? You know, that's, uh, that's a tough question because I, I honestly feel like I'm a hot mess. I don't feel like I have this figured out at all. Vance, I just shared with you recently in a conversation. And, yeah. You know, but what I am is I'm committed to, to get better every day and, mm. and just work on this, right? Not, not ignore it. So, uh, you know, for me, I think I work too many hours. I tend to bring my homework with me mentally, uh, which is a challenge. Uh, but you know, I, I've put some things in, in place in my life to try and improve in this area. One thing I actually have is Vance, you said years ago, uh, no other success can compensate for failure in the home. I actually mm-hmm. have in my office, a picture of my family with that quote. And, and I see it up in visual from my desk every day. So it's just a, mm-hmm. you know, a visual reminder. Uh, I have another, um, well, I'll get back to that in a second, but talking about those episodes earlier that you guys did on this show here, but the schedule episode was huge for me. It really rocked me. This is probably a few months back. I don't know. It's been a while. Uh, we, we released one a month, right? So yeah. I think this was episode three or four. You you uh, honestly know this podcast better than we do because oh, <laughs> you're awesome. naming these episodes. And I I'm right, looking man. at Vance like, don't quiz us. Don't quiz. Well, hey, be encouraged because people eat it up. So it, it's good stuff. But Vance, you had unpacked the schedule and it was really a check for me because you said, Think about those things that are most important to you. And for me, without a doubt, I mean, of course, it's, it's my walk with the Lord, it's my wife and my kids, and then everything else is you know, distant after that. But you know, is my daily routine, is it including those things or is my day ordered around those things? And praise God, you know, the discipline of having that time with him in the morning, uh, you know, I have been able to you know, solidify that in the morning. But my other priorities, my wife and my kids, of course, they're always included, but I can't ever, I can't say my day was ordered around those things. So really bringing in some intentionality around those things mm. uh, to make sure, you know, of course, I try and, and date my daughter and spend, you know, date my wife and spend these, these moments, but, um, but just to put things in place, you know, for example, I have a uh, alarm goes off of my phone about the time I drive home every day. And it just says, engage BMC, Brandon, Mia, Colton. Mm. And it's just a reminder that when I walk in that door, like dad's home and they're ready to talk, but I can't carry that last conversation in the door with me, which I've struggled with for years. Mm. Uh, but just this intentionality and putting these things in place up in visual to remind you uh, of having that, that balance. One thing I put on my board, I think I shared this with you, Vance, but uh, it's, it probably makes no sense to anybody else, but it makes a lot of sense to me. It says level 10, live with the results. And it's just a reminder for me that every day, yeah, I'm going to give it everything I have. I'm ambitious, I'm competitive, but at the end of the day, it's not going to be at the compromise of my family if I come a little short on something I want to accomplish. So give it all I have, the hours I have, but you know, live with the results because I want to be home with my family. 
That's awesome, Matt. And I really appreciate your um, transparency in in talking about that to say that you feel like you you don't have it all together, that you don't you hadn't arrived. And I think that's an important point because you need to think about the way Paul talks in the scripture. Paul doesn't use words like I've arrived. Paul used words like I'm striving. And I think that's that's the key to this thing of living out in roles of leadership and whether it's in the church, outside the church, as a, as a Jesus follower, is we're going to always be striving. We're not going to arrive. We're not going to hit perfection. And if you're listening to this and thinking, okay, I'm going to get all these things going in my life so that I got it fixed, you're not going to get there because we have a flesh that is real and it's at war with us. And so every day is a battle and every day is one moment by moment as we yield the control to the Lord Jesus and allow him to live his life through us. Uh, so I really appreciate that the transparency, Matt, as you talk about that. Yeah, Vance. I mean, it really just goes back to, to the intimacy again. Uh, there's a quote that I'll share that has really inspired me over the last year. And you probably know it. It's a pretty famous quote. It was in the movie Coach Carter, uh, at least an excerpt of it was. But it's from Marion Williamson. I don't even know who she is. I should probably look her up and know who I'm quoting. <laughs> I know I do that all the time. But it's the quote where part of it says that, you know, you're playing small doesn't serve the world. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give others permission to do the same. It's just a little piece of that quote. But it really challenged me over the last year or two. You know, I want to live a life that inspires others. But to do that at the level as a father, as a husband, as a leader, you cannot do that apart from intimacy because my best is not good enough. Again, I need Jesus in me, you know, loving my wife, leading my family and my organization. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's exactly what Jesus said when he said, apart from him, we can do nothing. And obviously when he said nothing, it didn't mean nothing. We can walk, we can talk, we can go through the motions. When he said nothing, he meant nothing of eternal significance, nothing of value, nothing of purpose. Apart from Christ in us, we'll never make that difference. We'll never inspire. We'll never impact. We'll never turn the world upside down apart from him living in and through us. So that's that's super critical. And I love that you're saying that. You're not a pastor. Hmm. You're a leader in Las Vegas who's leading his family and, and, and running a business. And yet you understand that apart from Christ in you, you can't accomplish anything of eternal significance and value. And that is what really matters. Yeah, that's awesome. I hope if you're listening to this, um, you hear, I mean, by his own admission, Matt said he's a hot mess. Um, but what I hear in Matt, just knowing him for years now, and even just in this podcast so far, um, there's just an intentionality, man, about your life. Um, and that's by God's grace and with your family, with your organization. Um, it's just really, really cool to see your humility and your intentionality with the way you live your life. But even with the most intention, the most intentionality in our lives, we as leaders make mistakes. And so uh, a, a little real moment here on the podcast. What is, what's been one of your biggest mistakes as a leader that our, lead, our listeners can learn from? And, and what did you learn out of that? Well, this is the easiest question that you could ask <laughs> me, uh, probably any, any leader of any sort, right? So uh, you know what I say, probably a couple things I'll share, and I'm learning them right now. I'm walking through them right now. And that's you can't do it all. You know, I think all of us here are, are athletes or really into sports. We're all very competitive guys and we have big goals and high aspirations and all these things. But, you know, sometimes that is a challenge because to, to do the things that you need to do with your family and your, your spouse, your kids, your church, you can't get to it all. So I'm learning that right now. High achievers are their own toughest critics. You know, I constantly feel like I'm underperforming my potential. Uh, it's frustrating, it's discouraging, but you just have to slow down sometimes and say, you know what, wow, look what we've done. Look how far we have come uh, and be content with those results. As far as learning from it, I think it's just the process of, of transferring those skills uh, and trusting 
others enough. You know, Vance, you shared on this. See, again, I'm, I'm a student of this, but you know, you got to find somebody who can do 80% as good as you and live with those results. And sometimes you'll find they can do it better than you. Yeah. But one thing that I've learned, my mom actually challenged me on this years ago. She said, Matt, you got to give them the freedom to fail. You have to trust them enough to let them fail. And uh, that's something I'm, I'm still working through. Um, but, you know, hey, it's one day at a time, you know, trying to, to get better each day. But another thing that I, I definitely struggle with, and I struggle with this right now, is I compare myself to others. And I think that's because I'm so competitive. Mm. But you look at leaders, you know, you guys, I'm sure you do this in the church. I, I can't imagine you don't. But uh, you look at other leaders of organizations, uh, you know, maybe for me, it's across the country, and you see what they're doing, and you feel like, you know, you should be doing what they're doing. But, you know, reality is you don't know the whole story. You don't know, are they leading their family? You don't know the culture that they're actually having their organization. Are they profitable? These types of things. But I constantly, and social media is the worst. Mm. You know, I've, I've shut off my notifications as a result of this show, actually. But when I go on to some of these, these networks, now these are extraordinary individuals that I admire and I respect. But you see the really cool thing they're doing this week. And then you see 30 or 40 other examples of these extraordinary leaders doing these extraordinary things. But that might be the only cool thing they do all year. But mm. when you see 30 of them at once, you feel like a failure because you should be doing all these things. And that's just not realistic. Mm. So... I know I struggle with that a lot, you know, but again, it's just level 10 and live with the results. (laughs) That's a great word, Matt. And that's actually something that, you know, there's a great passage of scripture that deals with this, the danger of comparison. Um, And it's born really out of our motive for success versus faithfulness. Jesus did not call us to be successful as leaders. He called us to be faithful as leaders. And that's different. When you start comparing, what you're really comparing with somebody else is you're comparing levels of success. And there's a passage in John chapter 21 where it's Jesus on the beach with his disciples after the death, burial, and resurrection, and he's given some final words to Peter. And he looks at Peter in chapter 21, verse 18, and he tells him how he's going to die. He tells him, you're going you're gonna, to, uh, I'm going to say to you when you were, truly, truly, I say to you when you were younger, you used to gird yourself, walk wherever you wish. But when you grow old, you'll stretch out your hands. Someone else will gird you and bring you where you don't want to wish to go. And the next verse says he was signifying what kind of death Peter would die to glorify God. And when he'd said this, he looked at Peter and said, follow me. So Jesus looks at Peter and he says, man, you're going to die a really harsh, cruel death. It's going to be unpleasant. And listen to what verse 20 says. Peter, turning around, saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following them, the one who leaned back on his bosom at the supper and said, Lord, who's the one who betrays you? So Peter, seeing him, said to Jesus, Lord, what about him? It's like Jesus looks at Peter and says, you're going to die a cruel death, but it's going to be for my glory. I'm going to use that. And Peter looks at John and he says, well, okay, what about him? What, what, what kind of, what's going to happen to him? And Jesus looked at him and listen to what he said. He looked at Peter and he said, if I want him to remain until I come, what is that to you? And it's really Jesus using hyperbole. He wasn't saying John wasn't going to die. Now the next verse says that's what some people thought, but Jesus was basically saying, Peter, if I want John to fly to the moon, what does that have to do with you? Here's the next thing he said to Peter. Peter, you follow me. Don't, don't worry about my path for that guy because my path for that guy is about how through him I want to bring glory to myself. 
The path that I have for you is going to allow me to bring glory to me through you. It may look very different than his, but when we start comparing about somebody else's success, somebody else's circumstances, that's a dangerous road. It goes back to where we started. Jesus said, it's intimacy. You follow me. And that's all we have to focus on. So, man, I really appreciate you sharing that. Yeah, I've heard something one time that really was impactful for me. Yeah, I heard something one time really impactful for me, specifically when it comes to social media. Um, I don't know who said it. I wish I could give the, the, the credit to whoever said it. But they said, we, when we look at social media, we tend to compare our blooper reel to other people's highlight reel. Because, I mean, nobody puts the fight they just had with their wife on social media right. and the fact that they just screamed at their kids to go clean their room, but everyone puts their beautiful family on an island vacation that I could never afford to go on. And I'm sitting there after a fight with my wife going, oh, man, my life is so whatever, whatever. And it's comparing my blooper reel to their highlight reel. reel. So uh, Absolutely, yep. Matt, let me ask you another question. Um, obviously, living in Las Vegas, uh, being a leader in the marketplace, there's temptation all the time to cut corners, to do things that lack integrity. Uh, it's true in every city. I think it's highlighted sometimes in our city. How do you handle the tension of honoring the Lord as a leader in the marketplace facing those temptations on a daily basis? You know what, guys? Um, definitely I'm not perfect by any means, but by God's grace, it, there's really no tension there for me. And I thank God that there really has never been. I mean, of course, there's situations that come up where you could see an opportunity if you wanted to go down that path. Uh, but that's also, you know, I'm not naive to think that without daily time with God that I couldn't make a stupid decision, mm -hmm. right? So um, you still need that intimacy every day. But that's also putting, you know, putting those safe holds around you. So my business partner is a woman of integrity. Uh, my staff, they, they will ask me, they have the freedom to say, hey, Matt, are you sure about, they challenge me if you're not sure. My wife is not shy. I mean, she will challenge me on things. So, you know, I have some great people in my life too, uh, but praise God that really hasn't been tension for me. Uh, and I think a lot of it's because, I mean, I've just been blessed. I mean, God has been so faithful and I want God's best for me and my family. And I am not willing to compromise what that might look like because of one silly decision, you know. Mm -hmm. But again, I need to make sure I'm humble enough to be na not naive that I need God every day or I'm capable of anything under heaven without him. So, um, but I mean, yeah, that's just what I'd share on that. Awesome. So as we finish up the podcast, just before we, we hit record, I was talking to Matt just about his organization and he was just rapid fire throwing out some amazing, really, really ground level practical things that he does as a leader in his organization um, just to create culture in his team and just really great things that have really uh, allowed his team to be what it is in the city of Las Vegas. So um, as we finish up this podcast, we're just going to kind of pitch those things to to Matt and, and, and really have him just unpack those. So Matt, first, let's start talking about what, what you call your morning huddles. What does that look like and how could that encourage some people that are listening? Awesome. Yeah. Well, I think there's so many things you could do with culture when your organization. Uh, so we do a lot of competitions. We have an extraordinary heavyweight belt. It's called the extra belt that we move around the office when somebody does something extraordinary that's in line with our core values and everything. Right. But one thing that we do that's really made an impact on our team is we do these morning huddles. So every single morning uh, we get on a Zoom video conference call where everybody logs in wherever they're at. Mondays, we do it actually in person in the office, but uh, we come in at 8.15 in the morning. Everybody's expected to show up and bring value. And it's actually quite obvious if you came unprepared for the video call and it's embarrassing. So everybody's showing up with value, but Tuesdays we do collaborations. So everybody just shares 60 seconds or less. You know, what are you working on? What are you testing? What are you trying? What are you thinking about? And we just share these ideas to make everybody better. 
Uh, Wednesdays, we do personal development, you know, so we talk about that a lot at the office. But, you know, what are you listening to? What are you reading? What are you attending? What's inspiring you? What's challenging you? And we, sh- we share that with each other, and it really just pushes each other. Uh, Thursdays, we do role playing. So in my business, we got to have objection handling. And, you know, there's a sales aspect of what we do. We got to cover those bases. And then Friday, we do gratitude. We just practice gratitude together, uh, 60 seconds each. You know, what are you thankful for today? And it's a, probably our most powerful morning we have of the week is when we do that. Uh, but it, it makes agents accountable. They have to show up each morning ready to, to be somewhere at 8.15 and ready to work. Your typical agent probably slips in an office at 10 or 11 a.m. and out at 2 p.m., that's what we don't want, right? We want them accountable somewhere. But the culture aspect of just being mm-hmm. vulnerable and transparent together has been super powerful. That's really great. You uh, you mentioned culture several times in that. And really, you have fought hard in your organization to create a culture of growth. Um, that's what you said before we hit record on this. Talk to us a little bit about that. How have you, how did you fostered that within your organization? Just making sure your people are growing. Right. So we have a kind of a mantra. We call it culture of extraordinary. You know, there's a difference between ordinary and extraordinary. And that's five little letters, right? Extra. So we talk about that a lot. It's all over our walls. It's, it's in everything that we do. Uh, and, and when agents come on to our team or staff members, and we, we say, look, we want you to grow both personally and professionally. So we're not you know, going to be the best agent in town tomorrow, but show up today to be better than yesterday. And that's what everybody has committed to. So uh, we have what's called sharpening the axe. And all of our agents have opted into this you know, with, with a commitment where they're going to spend an hour a week into personal development and then an hour a week into professional development. So maybe they have to do some industry development where they're going to classes or they're going to a seminar or whatever, but personal development, what are they reading? What are they listening to, to grow personally? Cause we all want to get better together every day. That's awesome. A couple more. Um, you were talking to us about, um, just over the years, how you developed really a retention plan to, to keep your agents, to keep them involved and excited and, and what they're doing. Talk to us a little bit about that. I mean, this is all, again, for if you're listening right now, this is all such gold and stuff that um, just in his leadership, Matt has developed over years. But talk to us a little bit about this retention plan idea and how that has come to fruition in your organization. Yeah, so the culture has been, you know, super critical to us always in what we have done. Uh, Richard Branson, I always quote Richard Branson, so I really hope he's the one who actually said this, but uh, <laughs> he says, train them so good that they don't need you anymore, but treat them so good that they don't want to go anywhere else. Uh, and that, man, just makes so much sense to us. So we've always had a great uh, high retention, you know, a great culture. But recently there's a book I read. It's by Chip and Dan Heath called The Power of Moments. Mm-hmm. And this book really resonated with me on this idea of culture uh, where you can take moments in, in a staff member or an agent's, uh, whether it's their performance or personal life, but just make them feel super special. Uh, and there's moments of recognition that we, we will recognize where it's just, hey, clap it up for, for Scott on this thing or whatever. But there's moments uh, where you can actually create a moment where you can be unreasonable about something. So for example, just unpack something real quick. Somebody's first day of work, you know, they're coming in and it's this moment of elevation. They're anxious, they're scared, they're excited, all these different emotions. But most people on the first day of work, they walk down a hallway, they get showed where their cubicle is and there's a manual to read and it's the most boring, scary day of their life, you know, but there's a, a, a section of the book that talks about John Deere. But what if your first day of work, you come down a red carpet, there's a welcome sign for you. There's handwritten notes from your new coworkers welcoming you. There's a CEO video saying, hey, thanks uh, for your first day. Welcome to the team. By the way, you have lunch scheduled with your manager, Scott, here at noon. Uh, and just this unreasonable experience, like 
that's a moment and they'll never forget that. So we're trying to create that for our agents with an actual project management system where we're teed up and say, hey, they hit this milestone. Here's their wedding anniversary. Here's their anniversary with our company. Here's their first million dollar home seller. All these different things where we can create these moments, mm. but we have to have a, some intentionality and a plan to actually mm. stay on track and execute it. Mm. That's good stuff, man. To finish out, you were talking to us a little bit about accountability and how that looks in your organization. I thought it'd be really helpful as we finish up today. Um, talk to us a little bit about how you keep your team accountable. Right. Uh, my business partner, uh, you guys know Gidget, she's extraordinary, but uh, she's really hands-on with this. But both of us, you know, we believe that accountability is the highest form of love. Uh, and a coach challenged us a couple years ago that, look, if you don't hold somebody accountable to, to what they committed to, it's like you're telling them that you don't think they can do it. And that really was kind of a, you know, a shot to the face for me because, you know, I was always probably too passive on accountability, uh, but it really is the highest form of love. And we talk a lot about integrity at our company. It's one of our, our core values It's the first one, in fact. And on a side note, I think that's the most overused word in business. So we take that very serious at our company. We talk about it a lot, but it's just not integrity with your clients and how you do your business. It's integrity to your own commitments and your family. So when we talk about accountability, if you said, hey, Matt, my goal is to do help this many families this year. And we reverse engineer that down to what you need to do today. And let's say you need to, you know, make points of contact with 20 people today, for example, and you do 10. Where's the integrity in that? You made a commitment to yourself, your business and your family. So we really look at integrity and accountability kind of go hand in hand. It's awesome. Man, I can't tell you how much we appreciate you taking the time. I know you're busy. I know you got a lot on your plate. Um, you doing this has been super helpful. I mean, I've made a couple of notes over here just personally about some of the things that you said that we're going to apply here at Hope and, and how we structure and how we do leadership and how we celebrate some of those moments. Those were incredible insights. And Matt, I just want to thank you for being the kind of leader that um, is a real, authentic, genuine follower of Jesus in the church, outside the church, in the marketplace. And, and I hope you guys that are listening to this, and ladies, I hope as you hear Matt today, um, what you hear is the principles that we're talking about are not principles for the church only. Obviously, these principles are applicable inside the church, but the kingdom principles that Jesus gave us in the New Testament about how to live and how to lead are for the church and the marketplace. They're everywhere we live, work, and play, using our job, skill, and passion. And so, Matt, the way you've modeled that, the way you've talked about that, just as your pastor, as your friend, uh, thank you for being the mm. kind of leader that models that and is somebody that others can, can look up to. And thanks so much for taking the time to do this today. Man, it was an honor. This was fun. Thanks, guys. That's awesome. So thank you so much for listening to this episode. Again, there was so much content. Um, this is definitely going to be one you're going to want to rewind and maybe get your team around you, get some people around you to to listen again and to take some notes. Like, like Vance said, I've been taking notes on this as well. And so, uh, yeah, Matt, thank you. And thank you for listening. And make sure if you like what you hear today or you liked any of the podcasts we've done, uh, you can rate us and review us. And it really helps get the word out. And we will be back next month in August for the next episode of the Vance Pittman Leadership Podcast. Thanks again for joining us for the Vance Pittman Leadership Podcast. You can find all the show notes on your favorite podcasting app or at hopechurchonline.com slash podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on any upcoming episodes. We will be releasing a new episode on the first Monday of every month to help you and your teams lead like never before.